Welcome to Decrypt, Asia's first blockchain and cryptocurrency podcast. I'm your host, Tushar. Each week, we take a deep dive into the Asian blockchain scene with investors, technologists, and industry insiders. Go to decrypt.asia to subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Telegram to join in the discussions. Hello, guys. In the last five episodes, we've interviewed some interesting entrepreneurs, advisors, and investors in the blockchain and cryptocurrency space from Singapore, China, Hong Kong, and India. We got some good feedback on these episodes, but one of the improvement points that we kept getting repeatedly from multiple listeners is that they want to know more about the basics of this technology so that they can better understand some of the technical aspects of the interviews that we do. So guys, in this episode, I will make a very humble attempt to explain what blockchain is. I'll try to keep it as simple as possible and try to use as many examples as possible to make it easier for you to understand. A quick disclaimer here, blockchain can be used for a bunch of things. In this episode, we will restrict ourselves to financial transactions and will not be going into some complex things like smart contracts and other things that the blockchain can be used for. Most of the discussion today will be based around the structure of the first and perhaps the most popular blockchain, which is the Bitcoin blockchain. So let's jump into the episode. Let's say you go out one night and your friend ends up paying for your drinks. The next morning, he or she wakes up, finds all the receipts and asks you to transfer the money to split the bill. What do you do? Well, first, you obviously tell your friend how much he or she sucks. But then you try to figure out a way to pay back. You can wait for the next time you guys meet to give cash, but that is very inefficient. So what do you do? You log into your internet banking account and transfer to your friend. Or you transfer money via the multiple wallets that have sprung up, such as WeChat or Alipay in China, Paytm in India, DBS Payla in Singapore, and so on. Now what happens at the bank's end in this case? They do not actually physically transfer money from your account to your friend's account. They will just check if you have sufficient balance and digitally change your bank balance to reflect the updated amount for both you as well as your friend. What the bank effectively does is digitally update the ledger by debiting money from one account and crediting into another. What is the problem with this? Well, essentially, you're putting your trust in a bank to facilitate this transaction. The bank acts like a middleman to generate trust between two parties that may or may not know each other. The issue with this is that banks are few in number or centralized in blockchain lingo and are prone to making mistakes such as in the 2008 financial crisis. Let's take another example. Now, instead of just paying your friend back for drinks, what happens if your friend wants to borrow money from you and lives overseas? This typically becomes more tricky. This is done through a bank transfer where you might have to wait for a couple of days before the money is received and either one of you might have to pay a fee. All this just so that the bank can update ledgers digitally. So at its core, the basic principle of transferring money is just updating the ledger on a continuous basis to reflect the various transactions. So if we ask ourselves a question, Is there a way to maintain this ledger without someone else, such as a bank doing it for us? The answer to this question is yes, and you may have guessed it. The technology that helps us to do this is the blockchain technology. 
Blockchain is essentially a ledger or database of transactions. For this ledger to be maintained, the very basic requirement is that there should be a few people who do not want to depend on a third party such as a bank. This group of people can then maintain the ledger on their own. The ledger is visible to everyone in the group without knowing the identity of the individuals. Anyone who wants to join the group and see all the transactions taking place can access it as long as they have access to a computer and an internet connection. This leads the blockchain to be decentralized or distributed in nature, as opposed to a centralized ledger or database held by the bank. Now, how do transactions take place? Cryptography is applied to verify that the individual trying to send money actually has that money in his or her account. If there's sufficient balance, then the transaction can occur and this transaction is put in a block. Transactions are not verified individually, but in blocks. A block is like a box that contains thousands of transactions. Once the block or the box gets filled up, then this entire block of transactions is broadcasted to everyone in the group for verification. The next question that pops up is how do people with computers distributed around the globe decide which block of transactions should be added to the existing chain of blocks? This is where the concept of mining comes in. You may have heard about Bitcoin or Ethereum mining. What the miners do is use computing power to solve cryptographic puzzles to come to an agreement on which block will be added to the chain. Like I mentioned previously, transactions are not added one at a time, but instead in blocks that are chained together. And hence the term blockchain. Why do miners spend time, money and resources to solve these cryptographic puzzles? The simple answer is that there are incentive mechanisms built into the blockchain, which rewards miners for adding new blocks to the chain. So for example, in the Bitcoin blockchain, a new block is added to the chain every 10 minutes. And so every 10 minutes, a miner who is able to add a new block gets rewarded with a certain number of Bitcoins. Another property of the blockchain is that once a transaction has been confirmed, it cannot be deleted or erased. Information can only be added to the chain in an append-only fashion. This leads the blockchain to keep a permanent record of the transactions and gives it the quality of immutability in blockchain lingo. So if we had to sum it up, blockchain is an immutable ledger or database containing transactions that are distributed in nature because there is no one individual or company controlling it. It uses cryptography to maintain agreement or consensus in the network. There are miners who are incentivized to keep up with the security of the network by solving cryptographic puzzles and adding new blocks of transactions to the blockchain on a regular basis. So guys, this is how the blockchain works. This is the first episode that we've done in this manner. Do let us know what you think about this format. Post your questions or comments wherever you're listening to this podcast and we'll get back to each and every one of you. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Like us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Telegram, and subscribe to our newsletter on decrypt.asia. This is your host, Tashar. Thank you for listening.